ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourselves. Put on your genital protection. Because they say this podcast is like a kick in the crotch. And now, weighing 165 pounds, coming to you from the skybox high above Route 309, Allentown, Pennsylvania, it's living large and hard. Hello. Welcome to Living Large and Hard. Today is going to be random stupid dude shit. If there's anybody that does more dumb shit than young dudes. For no apparent reason other than just because it's fun to do stupid shit. Because I certainly have done my share of it. Maybe more than my share of it. As you will hear. Uh, Some of these topics start out as just a word. And sometimes things start out like they're going to be in one episode like a lot of these were going to be in that's bullshit one of those episodes and then i ended up just pulling a lot of that stuff because i realized it was random stupid dude shit so i might as well just do a, a show about that and then when i got that kind of co- you know called and put together i went geez then i started thinking of more stuff and more stuff and more stuff so what i'm gonna do is just run down some of the random stupid dude shit that I have done. I haven't done any lately. You kind of grow out of that. You know, we don't live through it. Uh, thanks for listening. Really, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. I really do. You took time to bend an ear to this stuff, whatever else you're doing. So, I admire that. I admire your commitment to listening to my shit. Anyway, let's get going here. We're going to start out with one of uh, the things, and I just, I I still think about it. This would have been a long, long time ago. And Fireman Bob, I'm sure, will remember it fondly as well. Um, this would have been playing basketball at a church, Steve Rice's church. Now, Steve Rice was like a uh, a satellite member of our our sorry about that bang and that's the headphone cord of our little group he uh, wasn't really whatever it's a fucking irrelevant steve rice's is also where jim dewey in a, a fit of exaltation at a birthday party stuck a fork under my left eye into the fatty part there into the skin right not into the eye itself but i remember it left a um once up my screaming subsided into Steve Rice's mother. Um, made sure I wasn't blinded. There was a little piece of metal in there. So that's cool. And so anyways, uh like play basketball. Steve Rice had a church go play basketball and it was a horrible court. It was tile and it was dirty tile, which means it's slippery and the ceiling was low, which means you couldn't shoot from very far out. And for some reason it became with no re- with no premeditation whatsoever hide and seek and um, it, we always started playing we'd split up into teams and 
you know, you and your teammate would get together and figure out what the signal was to haul ass to where your meeting place was. Now, this is a pretty good sized church. It had a vaulted ceiling. So one of the places we went was up above the ceiling. And these vaulted ceilings are hung from the roof. So that, that was pretty cool. And there was boards up there you had to walk over. Uh, or else you would crash through the ceiling, which, you know, gave you that, that little butt tingle of excitement that you might go <laughs> crashing through the ceiling. And in the church down below, there was also the um, pipe room for the organs, which was up this little windy stair to the right of the altar as you looked at it. So it was a, it was a fairly good place to hide, but there was no escape. So we really didn't do that. There, that often but what you would do is go up there and grab a pipe uh, one of the mid-sized pipes you know like four feet or so pull it out of the, the wooden slot that it was in where the air would blow up and then blow that fucker and then run down and you know giggling escape and there were hiding places that were so good I had one in particular and nobody was ever going to find me in this place it was in some kind of mechanical room and it was loud and it was dark and it was really creepy and i realized i could be there all night and they would never they would never find me and i realized that was that's absolutely no fun at all because the whole thing with hide and seek is to get chased um there was this guy gary i'm not sure who who Gary was really, but he was there and we ended up being a team and we were in the uh, community room in the basement and there was the kitchen, there was that mechanical room, there was all these, and you could go to the front of the church, back of the church, all these places to get around and we were there and another team came through and we just froze and dropped and the other people went through. Gary stood up, turned and ran Head first, like face first, ran into a fucking pole. <laughs> Poor fucker. And he wore glasses too. And he just, uh, like, I occasionally wear glasses for reading. And, you know, you get smacked in the face with your glasses on. And it's not fun. So we would, we would do that. And uh, there was a tunnel we found. It was square. About, it wasn't very big at all. Three feet by, let's say three feet. Let's say one meter. For my international listeners, of which I don't really have any. Uh, let's say it's one meter square. And it had these angled pieces of metal that came out. And you would crawl down this thing. And around a corner or two. And there were bare light bulbs. And you would end up at a metal door. That couldn't be opened. And uh, why that was fun? Hey, it's random stupid dude shit. So we were in there one time. And uh, someone cut the lights off. And I'm a bit claustrophobic, so that wasn't fun. There was a lot of screaming. So there's that. Uh, I highly recommend playing hide-and-seek in a church. I mean, holy, holy fuck. Let's put it that way. You got the, I remember Fireman Bob saying how he'd crawled on his stomach with his knees, like commando style, down underneath the <laughs> underneath the pews to get from one end to the other one time. And there was also the uh, balcony. And so, I mean, there's just so many places. But we were, you know, in our 20s and we could run very fast. 
and we were all quite thin and we didn't really want to not get caught so that was that was fun uh there's another time place i worked at mr taco and i just realized i have something that happened at mr taco that also happened at another place that i will have to and i jotted it down that'll be another podcast it'll probably be that's bullshit because most people don't ever see what i saw happen at mr taco in this other place and the fact like me getting caught in three elevators one of those things anyway um my father uh quite the ne'er do well he came back with fireworks from somewhere good sized one you know m80s cherry bombs all that stuff this is back when it was illegal pretty much everywhere except the south where they don't care about their eyesight or their fingers and so he did that and one of the things we had was lard to cook for the beans and made a nice little castle out of lard yep blew it the fuck up that was kind of disappointing definitely a dude thing though uh, when I was a supervisor at Domino's, my first area was in my home city, so I knew a lot of the people. And what I did was, uh, it was Christmas, I believe, or maybe I just did it out of the goodness of my heart. I bought everybody Uzi squirt guns. Man, they were fucking cool. Uh, yeah, so it was an Uzi, and the clip came off, and that's what you filled with water. And they were battery powered so I was doing one of my tours and I roll up to the store I can't remember which one it was and I walk in and I saw someone's eyes widen and they lunge for something behind that place where they you know cut the pizzas there when you walk in it's just about any pizza place and I realized what was up and yes I got soaked so that became an ongoing thing for a very short, you know, it wasn't the smartest thing. I'm running around in a suit with an Uzi, and uh, I was always outgunned, but it was fun. And this guy, Monty, down in Fort Wayne, one of them, one of the guns ended up down there somehow. I'm not sure how. He ended up with one running around in a strip mall, and he, uh, yeah, cops almost shot him. So good for Monty. So the Uzi squirt guns, that was, God, that was fun. That was another thing. You know, you'd roll in. Um, I would try and uh, be sneaky about it. And and then it was on. Uh, another time, just, you know, just something a dude would do. I can't imagine a woman ever doing something like this. It was a spent paint can, aerosol, spray paint. You know, if you don't want to use a lot of extraneous words. So I threw it out in my yard, and I was on the deck of the first li living large in our house. And I had a wrist rocket. And dudes all know what a wrist rocket is, but if you're a woman listening, uh, you may not know. It's done with a surgical tubing. It's a slingshot. And we also, now that I think of it, we used to take this downtown where we would play platform tennis, which is not paddle ball, which is not tennis. It's played on a court one-third the size of a tennis court. And you can play, it's covered with, uh, surrounded with chicken wire. You can play it off the wire and have it be in bounds. That was fun. Because no one ever played there except us. And uh, anyway, the wrist rocket, I would take it down there with marbles and shoot them across the river at tractor trailer trailers. And you could hear them shatter. So these things are really fucking powerful. 
So I take the spray paint can, I toss it out there. And then I take the wrist rocket. And I pull it back and I aim. I got a little rock, which, you know, that's stupid. There's a reason to use um, ball bearings and shit. If you're going to hunt with one, it's because they fly straight. So anyway, I just grab a fucking rock because this is sperm of the moment. Let her rip, miss, pull back again, aim. Fuck, getting close. I mean, and these things are going right in the ground. The rock's like sticking right in the ground. Pull back, snap. The right hand side comes off, comes back, catches me right under the fucking chin. Wow, that was spectacular painting. Oh my god. Um, I can't. I can't imagine. I held on to the wrist rocket. Yeah, that thing, and that was this big fucking welt from the front of my chin back. I uh, never, I've never shot another wrist rocket. Um, this one, I wasn't such a, I was a dude, but I wasn't a young dude. If you look at castles, they have those trough things sticking out from the sides. And you assume they pour boiling oil, oil, oleo, oil out of them, which they do. But there was this one time and it was a private tour because no one else showed up at this place. I actually had to help the uh, tour guide unlock the room where all the cool manuscripts were kept in the dark, made with gold thread, silver thread, that kind of stuff. But anyway, it was just two of us. She just locked. I go, you don't have to do this. And she said, oh, no, it's, it's no bother. And she locks up the gift shop, takes us around. And she explained that those things are called pissing ports. And I went, oh. Yeah, castles did not have indoor plumbing. They had pissing boards, which made it, you know, outdoor plumbing. So I was riding around, and then there's castles, like, sprinkled all over Ireland, Ireland and uh, in fields and all this kind of shit. So I went, stopped at one, and uh, looked out a window, and there's a nice view of the river. And I looked down. This is on the ground floor, so... There's one of those troughs, one of those spigots. And it's obvious that that's a pissing port. So I stood on a rock and let fly. And I felt very medieval. My uh, brother and I, we made uh, a target gallery in the attic that we grew up in. Grew up in, (laughs) yeah, I grew up rich, folks real you know upper class um upper middle class it was an unheated attic there would be ice on the insides of the windows from us daring to breathe and uh, lots of slivers we would also play tag when we were pretty little and it was one of those peak roof deals attics so we would play tag with the lights off and uh my brother and i knew the parameters so we knew where to tip our head so we didn't slam into things like everybody else did but also we knew to pick our feet up so that you didn't get slivers. And anyway, we had this target gallery up there and from the back to the front we shot and we had a sleeping bag hanging up there and had a pellet gun and a BB gun, a bunch of cards, um, a couple models that I made that we shot the shit out of. And my brother went up to set the cards up, I believe, and I just could not resist shooting him in the ass. 
with a BB gun. That is. Um, I'm going to tell mom became, you know, repeatedly said. And I said, quit being a pussy, quit being a pansy. That didn't hurt. Oh, yes, it did hurt. I'm going to look. And I took and I cocked the gun and put my thumb over the front and shot myself in the thumb to prove that it didn't hurt. Which is a load of bullshit. It really fucking hurt. But, you know, if your brother, your little brother's going to go tell mommy that you, <laughs> you shot him in the ass. Which, you know, obviously, I shot a man in the back. Yes, I'm proud of it. Well, I didn't shoot him in the back. Shot him in the ass. But his back was turned. Um, also, in our backyard, parents, well, it was my grandmother's house. And we would set up pieces of board and we'd have pellet gun ricochet battles. So we'd stand, I don't know, we're probably 30 feet away if that. And what you would do is you would uh, do your best to bank one off the wood and hit the guy next to you. That's back before eye protection. You know, really high protection. That wasn't even a thing back then. It wasn't even invented. So I would imagine if one of us got blinded, that would have been like big bonus points. Never happened. Um, God damn, I was pretty old for this one too. <laughs> this one was already in an episode of That's Bullshit, the Explosions one. So if you haven't heard that one yet, as you scroll back in time you'll know that the answer for this one is it's not bullshit. Anyway, we were camping and um, I decided I would liven things up and I surreptitiously rolled a beer can into the fire. Now my assumption was that the pull tab is the weakest point on a beer can, therefore the pull tab will merely, you know, nope. Ah, uh, fucking boom. I mean, I forgot I even tossed it in. It took that long. <laughs> I was kind of fucked up anyway. But I had forgotten it. And man, that thing went off, echoing through the woods, through the campground. The people that were the next couple camp things over were they just quiet. Oh, it was something else. And then found the can, and it had actually blown the side out like a couple of, uh, like, like in a Swiss chalet where they open the windows, you know, and they fan out. Ah, like that sound of music kind of shit. That's what it looked like, which, like I said, I was not expecting that. I thought that pull tab would hiss a little bit and it would release the pressure. <laughs> nope. Uh, something that I, I came up with. If you know the, I guess they got to be made out of hard plastic. But there's these animals, and they're on a spring. And usually there's like a donkey and a pelican and shit like that. They're on a big spring, and they're made for a little kid. But what I came up with is you sit on it, and then you go backward and forward to where you're hitting the animal, like all the way on the ground backward, all the way on the ground forward. And you keep doing that until you get launched. And you always get launched forward. So the trick was not to get your nuts ripped off on the head of the animal. Now that was big fun. Um, and crackhead fireballs. That episode. You heard about this one. 
or you can go back and hear about it more in depth. But I lived on the 11th floor of an apartment building and the pool was off at the other side of the building. Fuck, 60 feet away was the deck. And then there was the pool, which was built over part of the parking lot. So I'd have these big parties every 4th of July and I'd get a whole bunch of shag balls, golf balls. And we'd throw them in the pool. So this was at night, so you'd throw it, you wouldn't see it, and then it would come and land on the deck, and you'd see it in the light just for a moment, and then click, and it would disappear again. And then, sploosh, you could see it because the pool was lit as well. The deck was lit with a little street lampy kind of things. And then uh, there was this one guy, ended up being Mr. Fuck You because he quit on my house. He was working on my house. And he quit because I wouldn't help him. And I said, hmm, I'm the guy fucking paying you. But anyway, Mr. Fuck You said, fuck you, and quit. So this is before he was Mr. Fuck You. But he, he could rifle them things all the way, like 80 feet. He'd throw them right straight in the pool, which is a new concept to us. Sometimes they would go under the pool, and you'd hear a couple bounces, and then maybe a tink, it'd hit a, a hood on a car. That was stupid. You know, it was random, stupid dude shit, but it seemed funny. Actually, going in the pool was funny, and I'd get up the next day, and they would slowly, slowly, slowly be rolling to the deep end. Uh, Frankenstein's Castle, it's going to get its own, it's going to get its own episode. It's a, back in Lansing in my hometown in Demitten, it's a structure over the train tracks, and it covers it. I, I'm not sure what it was for because I don't know that much about train stuff. But it was, it was obviously to put stuff in the trains or out of the trains, something like that, one of those deals. And uh, I was awoken from a hangover to go get in this thing. And I was the one that was deputized to crawl on my belly underneath to get in where you crawled and I was sure some, back then we called them hobos, was gonna cave my head in, but there was nobody in there. I mean, I had to squirm to get in, I'm a scrawny fucker. I'm not sure how Danny Perez got in because he's not a, a scrawny fucker, or wasn't. I have no idea what he is now. But then inside was this ladder that curved and it was held with a piece of wire, so, <laughs> like that and then got to the top and there's a big wheel and there's a broken stairway so I like hang on the stairway that was pulling off in the building or and step on the wheel that turned if you didn't realize you had to step on the on the bearing or the hub or the shaft so anyway that's like a teaser so keep your uh, keep your earballs open for Frankenstein's castle where I'll go more into depth on that one um, again, Fireman Bob was part of this one. We were roommates first time we moved out of the, our respective homesteads. And not far from where we lived was this, uh, it's called a Myers. They're a big chain. Uh, Midwest, I think, and this would have been, you know, like 40 fucking years ago. I'm not sure how big they were back then. But, and my brother was along too. And we got a case of buckhorn 
buckhorn beer because it was dirt cheap. I'm guessing back then they paid you to take it. But we uh, sat up above the parking lot at the Meyer. There was some other building up there, some business. And we were sitting up there, you know, looking over the vista that is the parking lot of a giant Walmart-like agglomeration. Um, I guess because we couldn't wait to drink when we got back to the apartment. So, you know, that 10-minute walk or whatever it was. So anyway, we're up there and pounding our buckhorns. And then uh, my brother finishes his. And he takes the can and rolls it down the hill and slides down after it. Genius. So I'm like, I can, you know, I chug mine and I slide down and I get something right at my ass, right next to my rectal tissue, something very sharp. So I, uh, I jump up figuring that was prudent because, you know, it already, already, uh, just missed slicing my nuts off and getting it stuck up my ass, whatever it was and stop. And it was a chicken bone. So, you know, when a chicken bone breaks, it has that real sharp edge to it. So that's what it was. And it actually tore a hole. <laughs> it actually tore a hole in my, in my jeans. So I took the chicken bone, threw it in the parking lot, went back up for round two. Um, on another slide down, I, I felt something sharp again, but not sharp and stabbing, like sharp and slicing. And then when I uh, got to the bottom, my pants were sliced open on my right butt cheek. I have my hand back there now feeling the scar. And it felt cold because I was bleeding. And ran back up the hill, found the offending item, and it was a, a piece of a busted bottle. So, Fireman Bob was either trained to be an EMT or was an EMT at that point. So we went down in the parking lot under a street light and I'm standing there and he's on his knees peering through the hole in my jeans at my ass and a car with a family in it comes by very slowly checking out what's going on. And I bet they tell that story every Christmas, every Thanksgiving. Um, you know, you can feel really encumbered by clothes when you're driving. Yeah, me too. So where I'm from in the middle of Michigan, there was fucking nothing to do. If you like to hunt and fish, there's stuff to do. I was, I was a carp fisherman for a while, but that only held my interest for a while. I played basketball. I mean, you got to have more than that in life. But basically what we did was drive and 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 drink and drive back in the day on dirt roads very slowly. Um, this one time I was just out by myself and it was hot as fuck. And I had my grandmother's car, no air conditioning. Like I said, we, we, uh, we weren't that high up on the economic totem pole. A car with air conditioning, please. And I decided that not only was it 
not enough to have my shirt off, I might as well have everything off. So that's what I did. There's no, you know, I didn't crash. I didn't get pulled over. I just drove for a while naked down a dusty, <laughs> down a dusty road in the stupefying heat and uh, realized taking your clothes off while you're driving, you know, you're sticking to a vinyl seat, so that's not the best. And um, it really doesn't make you all that much cooler, especially at a low speed with a bunch of dust coming in. Now, when I uh, bought the first Living Large and Hard House, I was a supervisor, and I would get off the highway. And as I started getting off the highway, like I said, I would tour in a suit. This is the Domino's days. And I would uh, take suit jacket off, take tie off, and I there was a straight, well, every road in Michigan straight, like everywhere in the Midwest. They all go straight for about an hour, and then you'll turn to a right angle and drive for another hour. So anyway, I got off the highway, and I would go down this road that went straight to where you turned, and then you turn again, and you get into my little micro subdivision, six roads. So I would start, I'd get off, the highway, take the jacket off, take the tie off, um, turn down State Road, head down that way through the fields, um, get the shirt unbuttoned, get the shirt off, kick the shoes off. And by the time I got to my house and hit the garage door opener, I would be naked. Why? Because right outside my garage door was my hot tub. And after a long day's work, you know, hit the tub, uh, preferably quickly. Obviously, I was in a hurry to do that or else I wouldn't be, again, driving naked. So I would just get in and hit the uh, hit the door closer at that point. It was a door opener when I got there. Then it became, magically, a garage door closer. And then I would just get out, open the garage door, hot tub right there. And then I would um, go in open the door, get my clothes out of the out of the house, and then go get my um, work clothes out of the car later. Except for the one time I pull in, so excited to be there, that I pull in with the garage light on and get out, and, you know, naked with the garage light on right there in the neighborhood. I don't think anyone saw me, because I dove back in really quickly. Good for them if they did. Now this one's really stupid, and really random, and I, I still feel bad about it. My grandmother was the nicest fucking person. Um, the only person in, in my family who was a role model. She was just decent. She was a decent person. She was a school teacher for a million years, let's say 40, and lived not far from the school. And most of my life living at home, people would show up and asked for her and she would talk to these former students from the fourth grade who had gone on in life and actually become grown-ups and shit so for us the tv was in the basement and uh random stupid dude shit you couldn't leave until a commercial came on to go upstairs to get something it's my brother and i and then it was a full-on scrum I have no idea what we were running upstairs for. But it was the first commercial, let's say at the 8 o'clock show, whatever that was. And it was the full, I broke my toe one time. 
doing this shit. Um, I got too close to a chair and my, my pinky toe on my left foot smashed that fucker really good. I mean, really good. So this is another instance of idiocy. And I'm hauling ass and there's a bunch of tennis shoes on the bottom of the stairway. And I just grab one and fling it back and I hear boom. Didn't sound like my brother. I hit my grandmother in the head with a tennis shoe. Oh, I felt like shit. She was just sitting there watching TV. You know, and us idiots go fucking screaming past her, pushing and shoving and shit. She doesn't say a word. And then she gets hit in the fucking back of the head with a size 11. Chuck Taylor. <laughs> oh, God. I, I still... I don't have any regrets in life. I'd take that one back. I'd take a, a size 16 fucking kid to the head to take that one back. She whimpered a bit, said she was okay, don't worry about it, but... Oh, my God. Horrible. Uh, <laughs> what an asshole. It was an accident. Um, I had a Vega. I believe it was 1971. It was a used Vega. It was blue. No, it was a piece of shit. The passenger door, I had a piece of clothesline on it to hold it closed because it wouldn't stay closed otherwise. And that rope ran to the back to where there was a, a fucking, like a, Jesus Christ, what a, what a wordsmith. There was a loop thing, and I looped it through there, and I would pull the handbrake up because the handbrake didn't work, and I would tie it off on that. That way, if someone you know, was going to get in the passenger seat, I could just untie it from that non-functioning handbrake and give it some slack, and they pull in, and I could... And then the rope ran back instead of right over the handbrake, so, you know, we could cruise in comfort. Also, what I've never had a car that did this, if you turned on the turn signal to the left, every time the turn signal came on, the horn would honk. Which is pretty fucking amusing, I thought. But one day, uh, playing basketball out back, and I decided to stand on the hood and bounce the basketball off the windshield. And then I had to buy a new windshield. So fucking stupid. Random. Stupid. Dude. Shit. Another Mr. Taco story. This is a different Mr. Taco next door. They were building a KFC. And uh, I like to climb on things. I love climbing on roofs and shit like that. Trees. And we were up on the roof running around over there because they had uh, scaffolding. Got up there. And I decided to climb down where the drive through was. But to do that, I had to hang from a piece of decorative trim so I wouldn't drop the whole way down. So I'm hanging from that, and then it gave way in a very cinematic fashion. Like, and then I was down in this big pile of scrap shit and uh, laugh my ass off, run over, we all, you know, everybody gets together over at Mr. Taco, and I'm going, God, my foot hurts, holy fuck, my foot hurts. And I look, and the bottom of my shoe is sliced, sliced, right at the wide part of the foot, sliced, with a razor-like precision. And, um, yeah, I go, it's cut, it's cut, and my brother's like, nah, it's not, I go, oh, fuck, it isn't, and I tuck it off, and I tipped it, because it felt wet and blood, like a lot of it came out. I was like, man, <laughs> I didn't want to make my 
I didn't want to make my point like that. Holy shit. So, yeah, we went into Mr. Taco because I was the manager and uh, tried to clean it up. And I, at one point, pulled it and the whole bottom of my foot opened up and I could see the bone inside, the white-blue bone, and uh, almost went into shock. But I did get to watch the doctor stitch it up. And then he explained it to me what he was doing, his famous baseball stitch. 18 this way, 2 this way. Hmm, cool, Doc. Um, there's these fiberglass car bodies, car kit bodies. I would assume they still make them, but they go on a Volkswagen chassis. Maybe they don't anymore. But we were out, again, driving around because there's nothing to do, and I saw one on a trailer. And I thought, oh, my God, that's a Bradley GT body just sitting there. That's worth some money. How the fuck I would sell it? I had no idea. So anyway, um, went home, got some clothesline, more clothesline, or maybe I had the <laughs> maybe I had the Vega and we just untied it from the. That's entirely possible. Um, uh, so, so you're gonna take this trailer out of someone's front yard with the lights off in the car while it's running and tie it to the bumper and to the. Uh, trailer and steal it boy was that i mean it, it we pulled out got away turned the lights on picked up speed and looking in the rearview mirror it started to go left right left right and it started to go left right up down left right up down and it went up and cut to the right and then i didn't see it anymore circled back and it was in uh, somebody's yard up against the tree Random, 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 stupid, stupid dude. Shit. So something that uh, was really stupid was squirrel fishing. At the homestead, my room was on the second floor, and there was a bird feeder. And squirrels would always, you know, squirrels jump in bird feeders. So I had the genius idea that we'd go squirrel fishing. So, chummed the feeder with some popcorn and then took two fishing poles and we had some pretty hefty test on, like 25 pound test, and a hook and put some popcorn on the hook and then went and put the, the hooked popcorn in and then, you know, somebody was upstairs holding the poles and then we sat and waited and sure as shit, here comes a squirrel. And sure as shit, the squirrel jumps up into the feeder I went, no fucking way, really. <laughs> no fucking way am I going to have. Because it I'm a, I probably would have worked. I would have had a fucking squirrel hooked. And what the fuck was I going to do with it? You know, you don't really think these things through, being a dude. Uh, I, I did, certainly. I could see, you know, this fucking crazy-ass squirrel on a fishing line swinging out of, as I tried to reel it up, swinging out of the feeder this is all happening in my mind instantaneously before it actually happens and slamming against the dining room window which was downstairs where my fucking mother was probably sitting yeah luckily that stayed a concept it's like what am i gonna i'm just fucking take a squirrel and take it up in my bedroom yeah a maniacal squirrel and do what choke it to death whatever 
All right, so we started this with Steve Rice. Let's end it with Steve Rice. Like I said, eh, not a popular guy. So we decided to take all these political um, yard signs and take them to Steve Rice's house. And man, we had a shitload of them. And I think we had bags of grass clipping that we'd found and all kinds of stuff piled in his yard. So everybody from the first bunch except me and another guy we fi- they figured it, you know, rightly that enough's enough. But me and this other guy, we loaded my fucking car with more signs, trunk, back seat, all that shit, and we went to a dead end street, and we were rearranging shit before we went back and did the final run at Steve Rice's house to get all this stuff. And all of a sudden, car pulls up, cop car. And at this point, we're in my car. And the cop gets out with the spotlight on me. And he says, put your hands up, put your hands on the wheel. And he's pointing a gun at me. Not only is he pointing the gun at me, he's pointing it right between my fucking eyes. All I can see is that blackness of the barrel right between my fucking eyes. And he goes, put your hands up, put your hands on the wheel. I said, which one? I mean, I had my hands up. And he goes, all right, put them up. And... uh so then, get out. He goes, what the, what the fuck are you doing? I said, well, this and that. You know, we're taking him to Steve Rice's house. He goes, Steve Rice, that dick? I went, no, that's not what happened. So I said, we're taking him to somebody's house. And, this, and he made us empty them all out. And he called. And someone, I go, we can, we'll put them back. He goes, no, just empty them out. Get out of here. Um, but what I noticed when the cop was talking to me, he had a badge that said marksman. Which I could kind of figure out from the fact that barrel was pointed right between my fucking eyes. But what I noticed that was a little bit alarming, well actually it was really alarming, was that his hands were shaking. So, uh, yeah, that could have um, ended less than well. Anyway, yeah, this is a long one. I knew I should have cut it. Anyway, you don't have to listen to all one shot. You're that smart. As always, thanks for listening. You can comment, as Connie Whitebread does often, at SoundCloud. You can message me, Micromax Marvin, on Facebook. You can DM me, Living Large and Hard, on Instagram. X-I-T-F-E-R brains at gmail shit for brains at gmail any feedback tell me what I'm doing wrong tell me what I'm doing right just give me a little pat on the back or a kick in the balls whatever you want to do and as always from high above route 309 at the skybox Allentown Pennsylvania let's listen to some traffic <laughs>